He was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. So, without going too far into detail about what this means exactly and why God had Zechariah offering incense, on the surface we can tell that this is super important. And the video did a really good job of describing this. I mean, did you see everyone gathered around outside? That's what it says. It said people gathered around outside just for this one specific time so that the priest could go into the temple. Did you wonder why those people didn't go into the temple with him? Did anyone think that? Does anyone know why? Only one is allowed. So a long time ago... um, in the Old Testament, so as we talked about, this is in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, God, God gave the, his people very specific instructions about how to worship him. And one of these particular instructions was he would set aside a people. Aaron was the first one, the father of all those people, to basically be in charge of worship, and they would be the only ones allowed to en- en- enter the temple. Now, we're all allowed to go into the sanctuary on a Sunday morning. That's not how it is anymore. Thank, thank the Lord. And that part of that's because of Jesus. Um, but at the time, it, worship was so important to God and, and so significant that only one person was allowed. And Zechariah was chosen by lot to do this. Now, here's what makes this even more serious. Get this. And as, this really surprised me when I learned about it is Zechariah and any, any particular priest at this time in Jesus' day there were 20,000 priests in Israel. So Matt, you're one of 20,000. And how they would decide who was going to go and offer incense is they would cast lots. If you don't know what that is, it's a modern, it's an old way of saying roll the dice. They rolled the dice. And they let God decide what the dice lands on. And it said, I read in a commentary that, that for one particular priest, in their whole entire life, it's likely that the lot would land on them only one time. So you can imagine the anticipation Zechariah was feeling. I mean, he's, he's, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He gets to go and represent the people of God to God and burn incense. I was wondering, sorry, my mind got, I got off track for a second. I, the, the clock caught my eye. Anyways, um, totally random. But um, Zechariah got to do this. This is so full of significance and anticipation for him. And so let's go move along. Y'all saw the story already in the video, but um, the outcome of this immense anticipation was by no means overwhelming. Um, it was in this moment that Zechariah is going to hear the best news of his life. Remember, I told you, listen for it. Keep your eyes peeled for, for what this good news is in the story. Listen carefully to what happens as Zechariah does his job in this holy place. Um, if you have a Bible, look at verse 11, and we'll read to 17. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. And he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn 
many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Did you hear it? Did you hear the good news? Well, first, we can see what, what was the first news he says. I think, I think we can break this down into two main, main things. There's two kind of good newses here. The first one, it's first, the first thing Gabriel says to him, the first promise is, Zechariah and Elizabeth will have a child. Now, this alone is great news, according to anyone's standard. Um, they've spent years faithfully serving the Lord, um, being righteous and blameless before God. Very few people in the Bible get that title. Very few. And Zechariah and Elizabeth get it. And they suffered in this way, and I imagine that they prayed countless times for, a bless for the blessing of children. So by anyone's standard, this is amazing news, right? I mean, this is, this is enough to make his day, maybe make his entire life, like I said. But it doesn't stop there. Um, in this word from the angel, there's some even better news, and that is what the angel promises in verse 15 through 16. The angel tells Zechariah what his son is coming into the world to do. Not only that he's going to have a son, but what his son is coming to do. He says this about John, their son. He says, he will be great before the Lord. He will go before him to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So this is what you might be thinking right now after that, after hearing all that. I'm not going to actually get through all the verses that we saw in the video, but uh, maybe that's for another time. Um, but here's what you might be thinking hearing that news. I see why the first good news is good news to Zechariah. I mean, he's wanted children his whole life, and he prayed really hard, and maybe he even felt like in some way he deserved them because he was so righteous before the Lord. So I see why that first news is good news. It's obvious. But why is the second news so good? What does it even mean? He's going to prepare people for the Lord. Why is that good? Well, here's why. Long ago, this is before God gave the instructions for worship. I mean, this is the beginning of the Old Testament. Genesis 1, and some of you might know it. Um, long, long time ago, God created a people for himself. He created a people. That was um, one of the first things that he did after creating the world is he created man. He created a people for himself. In his image, he created him, and he created them to do this, to commune with him and to live in a relationship with him. To live, not only in, uh, to commune with him and in a relationship, but to live in perfect peace and joy with him. This is a, this is a world like, that we can't even imagine. Like, this is, what, this is, this is our history. No, perfect peace, no suffering, nothing, nothing bad in perfect relationship with God. That's what it's like to be close to him. And he created a people for himself. But an obstacle arose. And this obstacle was constructed by a very, very evil enemy, but was spawned in the very hearts of the people God created him for himself. This obstacle, known all too well as sin, we all know, we, all we talk about it here, we've talked about it week after week, um, because of this sin, because of sin and his people, they were separated from their loving creator and they were separated from God. Now, as the years went on, sin had kept God's people away from him and separated. 
And it, you can kind of, you can, you can make this, if you want to put some skin in the game and try to make sense of this, every suf- everything of suffering, every pain that you've ever felt, it was a result of that sin. It's all a result of sin. It might not even always be your sin. That's not what I'm saying. We suffer because of other people's sin every day. But a lot of it is because of our own and because of that original sin. And this separates us from God and therefore separates us from abundant joy and peace. That's why the world isn't like it was in Eden. That's why when I talk about that, we don't even have a conception for it. We don't even, we don't even understand what to think about. We can't even imagine it because all we know is the place that we live in right now. And now as you look at this news again, the news that the angel proclaims to Zechariah, let's look at it one more time. John, Zechariah's son, will be great before the Lord. He will go before him. And this is what he's going to do. He's going to make ready for the Lord a people. He's going to restore it. He's doing what God intended to do in the beginning and what God did in the beginning. He's going to, he's going to not create a people like God, but he's going to prepare a people for the Lord. And you see what that means? John's ministry will be the dawn of God's great solution to what went wrong so long ago. God will prepare the way for Jesus, the word. That's what, that's what Caleb taught us about. And who will come into this world, later in the story, Jesus will be born. And he will be born for, the, for just the sake to die, for our sin. What separates us from God is God's wrath, and, and, and Jesus is coming. And John is preparing the way for Jesus, so that he can come and die in our place, take on our punishment for our sin, and raise from the dead and reconcile us so that we can be a people like in Eden again. We can be a people communing with God, perfect joy, perfect peace with our Lord. So um, John will play a central role in God's plan to defeat sin, suffering, and death through Jesus Christ. And that's why the second news is so much greater. Um, so I'll end by asking again, does this, does this second news sound like good news to you? Um, maybe you're answering yes. If so, um, I want to encourage you to listen carefully as we continue through the series. Um, maybe you're here and you're not sure if you want to come back. Um, I would encourage you, come back, listen. Um, we can always grow deeper in our knowledge of this good news and knowledge of what Jesus did really to bring us back to the Lord. And maybe you heard that news and maybe you're still like, eh, it doesn't really sound that good news. It really doesn't get get me excited about anything. Um, I want to encourage you too to do the same. Just come back and listen and learn. It might just be because you haven't heard enough about it yet. It might just be because you don't know enough about it yet. And 10 minutes is, it's not quite enough time to really make this super clear, but keep coming and keep listening um, and keep asking questions. So uh, I'm going to close in prayer and then we'll do some worship. Oh, go to grow group. So, um, Lord, I just um, thank you for <clears throat> your word and thank you for revealing these things to us in your word. And I just pray for anyone in here, Lord, who hears that news and feels like it's good news. I pray that you would encourage them and continue to stir their hearts and affections for the gospel. And Lord, I pray for those in here who don't who don't hear this as good news, Lord, that you would just graciously teach them like you have so many of us, Lord, and um, pray that you would use uh, these Wednesday nights, God, to 
make us more aware of, of, of the good news and why it's so good. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Gus. Let's give Gus some snaps. Ha, you almost clapped. Almost clapped. Okay. So we're going to go into our grow groups. As we go into our grow groups, I just want to say one thing about what Gus communicated. It's, it's basically the theme of what we do here. This ministry exists to make Jesus real for you. And so that Jesus and his life can get into your heart. We want to see Jesus formed in you. Everything we do here is about Jesus. So we're going to go to the grow groups. We're going to split them by age and grade and gender. Um, so we're going to have sixth graders. I need sixth graders to stand up. If you're a sixth grader and you're, let's, let's do, yeah, sixth graders go with Ben and Cassidy. Y'all are going up to the conference room upstairs. Hey, Otto, y'all want to, y'all want to go with your buddy? Hey, if, if you're, if you're getting separated from your, your friend, if you came here, stay with your buddy. Okay. All right. Great. All right. You're going to the conference room upstairs. Yeah. Thanks, bro. Thanks, Otto. Yeah, go, Noah. All right, middle schoolers, middle school boys, you are going with someone. Alex, you're going, middle school boys are going with Alex um, into the classroom. Alex, Alex. And Christian, you go with them. Christian, Christian. All right, middle school girls are going with Cage. Cage, it's Cage. Cage and Kayla. There we go. Uh, go to my office. Or Jordan's office. Go to Miss Jordan's office. It's upstairs. Or check out the classrooms. Hey, Aaron, will you go with them and help them find a classroom upstairs? He's not a girl, but he's got long hair. <laughs> that was bad. All right. High school girls, you are going with Savannah and Claire and Mary. Yeah, you're going with them. All right. Girls go, high school girls go there to my office. Yeah. High school boys stay in here. We're going until you got 10 minutes, 7:30. No. You stay with us. All right. Hey guys, high school boys, come on out down here. Let's do make a circle. 